30 minutes a day, 365 days a year. This is the Pack a Day Podcast. Welcome into the Thursday edition of the Pack a Day Podcast. I am Steve Perhatch. I am joined by Dusty Evely. Dusty, what's going on? Absolutely nothing, brother. Absolutely nothing. And uh, it is a fun, fun edition of the Thursday because we have a new friend joining the Pack-A-Day podcast. Everybody, I want you to get to know Sarah Kelleher. Is that right? I think I got yes, it right. That's yes, that's right. Perfect. All right. <laughs> that's exactly what we're aiming for. So, Sarah, we'll give you the floor for a sec. Just kind of tell us all about yourself. All right. So, super excited to be doing this. Um, I was on as a guest uh last fall with Andy and that was really fun. So right now I'm a junior at UCF in Orlando. So I'm majoring in marketing and journalism there. So I do a lot with the athletics. So I cover uh, mainly the football team, but some of the other sports um, as a photographer and every now and then I'll write some game recaps, some features. So it's been really cool because the last two years uh, UCF's done really well. So I've been able to travel to the games and go to the Fiesta Bowl and Peach Bowl. So that's been a really, really great experience. And um, my whole, my dad's whole side of the family is from Wisconsin. So that is where I tie in here. And ever since I was in diapers, I was in Green Bay Packer clothes and just kind of went up from there. And um, all my life in high school and middle school, everything before that, I was always playing sports. So I was always watching sports. And so that's kind of how I got into the Packers. And when I went to college, I knew I kind of wanted to stay involved. So I reached out and here I am now. Okay. Okay. So how was that national championship last year? I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's, that's a little sorry, crazy, that was my, first, so. my first thought of UCF was, you know, oh, well, we should have been in the national championship. Yeah. Ingenious uh, marketing that they did there because <laughs> I mean, they put themselves on the radar, but yeah, it's a little, it's a little nuts on campus. It's a sensitive subject for a lot of people. <laughs> so it's interesting to hear. I try to stay quiet as a journalist. I'm supposed to be exactly. uh, unbiased. No, so I no kind of just nod no. my head yep. and just listen to all the banter that goes on. <laughs> so in order to get to know Sarah a little bit, Dusty and I are going to pepper some questions at her some non-football related questions to kind of get to know you a little bit. Cause honestly, this is the first time we're talking to you. So we kind of want to get to know you as well. Uh, Dusty, do you want to hit it first? Or do you want me to go first? You go first. Cause I've got nothing. Steve. Oh, <laughs> I gave you like an hour to prepare for this. And I was busy. I got kids. <laughs> they were asleep. I don't have an excuse. <laughs> all right. Uh, so let's start off. First of all, outside of football, what is your favorite sport? Soccer. So from like four to 18, I played soccer all growing up was like one of those kids that had no life besides playing soccer. Like every weekend I was gone traveling. So it was really cool in that sense that I got to see new places, but definitely soccer would be favorite to watch or favorite to play. And then basketball would probably be favorite to watch. Okay. Um, And a favorite basketball team. The Bucks, of course. Oh, so. I just get, you know, I gotta check because yeah, <laughs> I, I, I'm good friends with Eric Name and his, uh, his his favorite his favorite football team is the Eagles. So, um, 
Yeah, he's, yeah. A, he's the national Bucks reporter, but his favorite football team to AO is weird. I'm listen, um, man. I'm Packers, but everything else is Detroit because that's where I'm from. So I'm I'm Pistons for basketball. So do we have to fight over this. How does this work? The Pistons uh, are terrible, so I don't know that it matters. But yeah, I mean, dude, the Bucks are amazing right now. So yeah, you you got the Pistons. That's fine. You can have the Pistons. I really wanted to fight you. Uh, <laughs> all right, I, I thought of one. So I lived in Florida for a while, Sarah, and I've gone back to visit every now and then. Um, how how cold is it before you're like begging for a jacket? Is it like fifties? Like how yeah, how weak have you become? So I like I like the cold. So I'm kind of like always annoyed when it's hot. But like even though I like the cold, I'm still like a baby about it. Sure. So I'd say like fifties. I'll want like a jacket. And if it like dare gets down into the forties, it's like everyone is losing their mind. And like you'll see people like as soon as the temperature like dips like below 70 they're like pants sweatshirt like walking to class and i'm like and it's so funny because like on my weather apps on my phone i have like my hometown and then i have orlando and then i have like green bay and it's hilarious to like flip flip through because it's always like 81 and then in green bay it'll be like 12 and i'm like okay well we are we are getting prepared for like the negative 20s that are coming next week so um yeah exciting stuff all right, getting down to the brass tacks, um, when it comes to burritos, would you be a Qdoba, would you be a Chipotle, or would you be a other? Hmm. I don't like Chipotle. I'm not a fan of Chipotle. Okay. I had a bad Chipotle experience. <laughs> so I am, like, very against Chipotle. You'll probably see me on Twitter, like, every now and then I'll, like, banter with Chipotle and um, I would, there's this place by UCF, it's called Gringo's Locos. It's like an Orlando place and they probably have like the best burritos I've ever had. They're super good. Other like chain, I would go Qdoba though. Okay. Now, Dusty, uh, we, we had talked a little bit on Twitter beforehand because I was trying to prepare you to ask questions for Sarah and you got a little salty on the fact that I hadn't asked you questions when we first got together. <laughs> it's furious. So, Dave. so furious. just tell me. Tell, tell me, Dusty, what kind of burrito do you enjoy? I don't like burritos, Steve. Next question. <laughs> uh, I don't know. Uh, what chip- the hell? Chip- you chip- really not like burritos? No, I love burritos. Oh, oh my gosh. Okay. Chipotle. I was going to say, I don't know if this is going to work out. Like... <laughs> I'll drop That's off. Cool, Sarah. We'll just dump Dusty out of here. <laughs> oh, I will step away gracefully. I apologize. Um, to me, Chipotle and Qdoba are just the same exact place under different banners. And they're both fine. Qdoba's closer to me, so I just do Qdoba. I'm I'm more of a more of a taco quesadilla guy. Just give me like some some ridiculously like good barbacoa street tacos from some some van with no labels on it, and I'm happy as a clam until I feel like death later. I completely, I completely get it. Um, so I think, I think we've got a good idea of Sarah. I think people are probably annoyed <laughs> that we haven't touched the Packers as of yet. We're like six minutes into this podcast that normally is supposed to last about twenty minutes. So I think l- let's break into a little bit of news. Um, I think the guys covered most of the things that happened, but I just want to get quick reactions from you guys. Um, Luke Getzey's coming back uh, to be the quarterbacks coach. For the Packers, signed, sealed, delivered. What are your immediate thoughts, Sarah? What do you think? I mean, I'm I'm hyped about it. I think it's a great move, and obviously, him and Aaron Rodgers have some good history together, and I think that's important. You know, we saw this year there was a lot of ups and a lot of downs with Aaron, so to get him connected with the coaching staff again and have people that he really trusts, and you know, 
that also that trust him. And it just seemed like this year there were so many miscommunications. And I feel like this hire will definitely eliminate that. And I think that will just be a huge game changer. Dusty, what's your thoughts? Yeah, I mean, basically the same. I mean, it, it, to me, it's it's a um, you, you don't want to you don't want to baby Rogers. And honestly, I think all of the talk of of Rogers, the malcontent, it's it got way out of hand as far as just all that stuff goes. I think it's an overblown storyline. Um, but there is something to the fact that you know Van Pelt was gone, Nelson was gone, Cobb might be gone, and there's kind of this whole big whole big thing as far as like. Does does he have anyone on there to trust? Does he have anyone on there he likes? Or getting rid of some of these guys, which it's it's business. I get it. So to kind of bring someone back that he has worked with in the past before, uh, that he trusts, that he knows, I think is I think it's a smart move. I mean, you know, I, I could sit here and pretend to know all about each and individual quarterback coach and what they bring to the table. I don't. I just know he's a guy that's worked there before, and Aaron seems to like him, and that's fine. So I'm I'm down with it. Especially okay. with all the other changes, you know, with all the other coaching changes, especially head coach change coming in, I think keeping a little familiarity, kind of bringing that back, I think is a good thing. The only other thing I want to touch on now that that Getzi's coming back and they've brought in the, I believe, um, they're still working on special teams coordinator, but they brought in a tight ends coach. I mean, all these guys are under the age of forty, so they have an unbelievably young coaching staff. Any concerns from either two of you about that? For me, no. It's I don't know. I kind of I I I trust what they're doing at this point. I mean, I like I love the the floor hire. Uh, I trust what Gutekunst is doing. Um, you know, I I think I like Murphy more than most, but really, it's kind of more trusting Gutekunst. So, uh, if if they kind of like these guys and if they feel like they're going to work together, I don't really care what their age is. So for now, I'm just trusting. And if it all blows up, I'll get mad about it and act like that I was mad about it beforehand. Um, but right now, I don't I don't really care. <laughs> Yeah, I'd kind of agree. And I think like, in a sense, the game is starting to change a little bit. And so maybe to bring some younger minded coaches in, they kind of like we see like we saw this year with like Pat Mahomes and stuff. I mean, he was just completely changing the way that uh, we saw offenses play. And I think if in the Rams as well. So I think if you know, we change if we have coaches that kind of have a different mindset, then maybe we could see a positive change. All right. I like it all. I mean, for me, yeah, I completely agree. The It doesn't matter what age you are. As long as you can bring innovative ideas, um, clearly, like, it just – there was some some need for some new air, some new blood in the, in the system. And I think bringing in all these new guys and, you know, throw some stuff at the wall, see what sticks, not be afraid to bring in some guys next year and kind of move on. So, for me, it's, it's one of those things you just kind of – it is with, with change, that's kind of what's coming. So you see the the NFL moving towards a younger demographic as far as coaches. I'm cool with it. For today, the Pack-A-Day podcast, we now have the safety position year in review. Woo. And guys, I'm not going to lie. When I saw that we got safeties, I kind of did like the vomit in my mouth a little bit. <laughs> Um, it was so bad. Just, I was going to call in sick today for being just <laughs> really upfront about it. I mean, we had a lot of snow days up here, so I mean, I can I would have thought about it except I'm recording from my house. Um, <laughs> but yeah, it was it was so bad this year. I will say the bright spot of the safety position was the fact that Brian Gutekunst was able to get a fourth round pick for Ha Ha Clinton Dix. Yes, sir. Uh, yep. For me, that was a steal and a half. Um, but the safety play, I mean, you've got to think and hope and pray that 
there's potentially two new guys coming in to take starting spots. Absolutely. Uh, what are your initial thoughts? Like we can dive into who sucked more, I guess, in a little bit, but yes, you know, over... <laughs> well, that sounded bad. Uh... <laughs> sounded exactly how I wanted it to, Steve. <laughs> okay, Duffy, you start off. Then. <laughs> what did you think of the safety play this year? Wasn't good, Steve. It wasn't good. I'll tell you what was most disappointing to me. What was most disappointing to me is last year before he got injured, uh, I thought Bryce looked pretty good. And I was kind of banging the drum for him before this season that people were kind of penciling uh, Josh Jones in uh, to that to that uh, strong safety spot. And I kept saying, well, you know, I thought Bryce, Bryce kind of looked better in coverage. Uh, you know, Bryce can tackle. He, he seems like he's got instincts. He's a little raw. Uh, but he, I really like him in that spot. Man, that did not age well at all. Bryce was like a wide awake nightmare, like all year. So I think, as far as, uh, yeah, I think he was the worst. I think he I mean, was the he, worst. He knocked, he knocked Wilkerson out, if I remember correctly. He did. He did. Yeah. He's also the one that um, laid up on the on the big Thielen catch that tied the game, uh, the 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 week two game. Oh yeah. Uh, when he was kind of going to trace that down, and then instead of looking at the ball, decided to look down and just instead of batting it down or catching the ball like you're supposed to do with your hands, you understand. Um, he's kind of <laughs> looking around and then dodged it, and it went through, and that that's still to this day is like a, oh, Cousins made an amazing throw. No, Bryce made a bad play. And you can count to a dozen big plays that he did just like that. Like just his his awareness just is terrible, and I don't know that that gets better. And so that was, for me, that was my biggest disappointment outside of Clinton Dix, just because I had such high hopes for him. And I kept saying, wait till he gets out there. And then he got out there, and then I don't know why anyone listens to him anymore. I mean, I completely agree with everything you just said. Thank you. <laughs> me too. <laughs> I just think there was never really, like, there was not, like, one player all year that was just, like, solid consistently at that position. Like, it was just, like, okay, we're going to move this person here. We're going to try this out. And then, like, it was every single game. It was, like, hard to watch because you were just, like, they're just never going to figure this out. You I mean, like, first couple weeks you were, like, okay, like, it's the beginning of the season. Maybe, you know, they'll they'll move some guys around and yeah. figure out what they want. And then it was just, like, by week 12, it was, like, all right, looks like this just isn't a thing that's going to get fixed this season. So, <laughs> Like you said, Steve, I'm really hoping to see one, maybe even two guys come in that can really be consistent at that position. Yeah, I mean, I, honestly, they're, if they're going to get somebody, they're, they're most likely going to have to invest some sort of higher draft capital if they want to get a starter. So, I mean, you're talking late late first round, second or third, somewhere in there they're going to have to invest that. And then I'll give you guys a couple of names. Tell me who hits more with you. You've got Landon Collins, which we don't know if he'll actually make it to the free agent market. Adrian Amos, again, same thing. We don't know if it'll actually hit. Um, Earl Thomas and LaMarcus Joyner. Uh, anybody out of those four you would have a strong preference for? I, I mean, Earl Thomas is incredible, um, especially with someone like the, a lot of the, the – single high stuff that the Packers were playing. I think Earl Thomas would, would be tremendous. I mean, there's, there's, there's a fear of him coming at, at his age, coming back from that injury. It's, yeah. Earl, it's Earl Thomas. I assume he's going to be fine, but I'd feel really uncomfortable if I threw big money at him. Um, I've watched a lot of Rams this year and Joyner scares me to death. Uh, I don't know. I like Collins. I think Collins, uh, it has some holes, but I, I kind of like what he could bring to the role. Sarah, any preference? 
honestly, no, no preference for me. As long as somebody can come in and learn quickly and just be consistent. Like I said, there was just no consistency this year. So whether we are active and get someone this off season or we draft someone, we just need consistency bad. So anybody that can bring that, like you said, I think Earl Thomas over the years has proved to be consistent, but like, would we want to risk putting big money on him if we don't know if he's going to come back as strong as he has been? Here's a name. I got a question for you. I'm asking the questions now, perhaps. Um, so I've seen, I've, I see how it is. I assume you all have seen the story about Morgan Burnett wanting out in Pittsburgh. How would you feel about that? Hmm. You know, I'm not, I don't know. I don't love it because do you know how old he is at this point? I mean, 30, he's 38. No, I I don't I don't know. Uh, I'm gonna look it up. I assume early 30s. Okay, so early 30s, and when he left here, the reason he was so important was because he knew Dom Caper's system so well. And for me, that was the best thing he had going about, like for him. Right now, the Steelers, I mean, their secondary isn't amazing, and they realize and they they were utilizing him, I believe, as a dime linebacker. Yeah, if I, if I saw correctly, dime linebacker. So for me, I mean, maybe that's a discount kind of signing. If you're not going to look to invest money into the position, um, then somebody you're familiar with. But I'm, it doesn't light the world on fire for me. And this is just such a position of need that I would rather try to invest a little bit more money and a little draft capital into the position to overturn it quickly as opposed to you know, maybe a high draft pick and then Morgan Burnett, and you're just kind of sitting there like, well, yeah. I, I hope this first-round draft pick is good, but <laughs> I still don't feel better about it. No. Yeah, I think we saw, like, when we brought Tremont Williams back, like, he's 35, and, like, we just saw, I think we were a little disappointed. I mean, granted, we know he's older, but it was like, should we have even done that, or should we maybe have put our stock in – someone else so it's difficult to say bringing guys back like that mm-hmm. he, he handed it back to me now dusty now that you took over and... yeah i had one question i'm done Dusty. <laughs> <laughs> all right um so yeah basically that kind of wraps up our safety coverage i mean there's nothing really good coming from it besides an extra fourth round pick i think is probably the consensus from everybody the one thing uh, i will say i will say one thing is that i, I thought I thought Josh Jones got better as the season went on. When when Clinton Dix was gone and he kind of had to play a little bit more, he wasn't amazing, but I did think he looked a little better kind of as he got more reps. So I don't know what that means going forward. Um, he's got two years left on his rookie deal, so I don't know if he's like if he's going to be the guy. I don't think he is. Uh, yeah. But but he did show a little bit of promise. I thought uh, as, I, as he I, got more reps. I agree. Like I think he flashed. There was definitely yeah. moments. I think he is not a full-time starter, but he's almost like a, to me, not Micah Hyde, but the same concept of Micah Hyde. He's, of, he's if, you like can a, find, if you can find the correct role for him, where exactly. he's a blitzing middle linebacker on third downs, or if he's a, you know, the third safety in coverage, that type of thing where you can find the right role for him. He definitely has a spot on the field. It's just not yeah. a traditional, you know, starting starting safety position. Yeah, he strikes me as like an undersized box linebacker that can that can roll back to the safety position on occasion, like as in some in some packages as needed. But a yeah, little he, like a Dale Buchanan. Yeah. 
Yeah, kind of, I mean, that, and that's kind of how he was envisioned kind of coming out of the draft, too, kind of that fight of the ball, hybrid, kind of play yeah. in the box type guy. Yeah, so I, I would love to see more of that, but he does seem like he's – man, I hesitate to say this because it says the same thing about Bryce. He does seem like he could probably handle himself in coverage if he's asked to play there, you know, 10, 15 snaps a game. I mean, yeah, exactly. You limit it to limit it for his his time. You don't give him the whole world right away, and yeah. see if he, if he earns more trust. Then yeah, that's great. Yeah. All right. So th- today is the eight year anniversary of BJ Raji intercepting uh, Caleb Haney in the NFC Championship, running it back, shaking his ass in the end zone. So I'm very hesitant to ask this question because of Sarah. If it, if Sarah wasn't here, Dusty, I'd be all about it. I'd be like, Dusty, where were you when this happened? But, I mean, Sarah, I don't even know how old you were going to be at this point. Yeah, so I <laughs> tweeted, like, literally, like, an hour ago because someone posted the video and was like, it's the eight-year anniversary. <laughs> and so the exact quote, I said, the soul left my entire 75-pound, 12-year-old body when this happened. <laughs> so, yeah, I was 12 years old. When that happened. Oh God! So now this yeah. podcast is like the old guys and the young girl. Okay, that's cool. I had about five or six people commented. Well, now I feel old. Twelve? Well, I'm old, and I was like, I didn't mean for that. I was just saying. I was trying to be funny, guys. Like, <laughs> I too was twelve. I was also twelve. I want that on the 12, record. 12 I was a, I was portly. Old. I was on my two hundred pound twelve year old body. Uh, that's. <laughs> That was me. Where were you? Do you remember? I was watching. Like, do you remember it. the exact moment? I was. I was watching it with my brother. I remember more honestly the um, the Tremont Williams pick six, uh, just because my brother almost broke my couch when that happened in the Falcons game. So that's. I remember that one. I, I think. I think more than the than the Raji uh, pick six. But yeah, watching it with my brother, and that was. It was just a. It's one of those. Uh, Man, we went nuts, and then two minutes later, when it looked like Caleb Haney may actually lead them down to a score, so it was kind of one of those like it was a really high high that got taken away from me quickly because yeah, it was a little bit. Yeah, it was like oh crap, like Caleb Haney's on the thirty yard line, and like this is this is <laughs> this is all going to be taken away from me. So I remember that feeling. I think oddly more than the more than the Raji thing, but uh, yeah, watching that watching that game with my brother uh, from Mercury in my old house up in uh, Lexington, Kentucky, and yeah, that was a man. That was a good day. That was a very good day. That yeah, that whole that whole run was so much fun. I actually, this is how dedicated to um, superstition I was. So I came up for the week seventeen. I was living in Chicago at the time. My family all lived in Milwaukee, and for week seventeen, I came up for that game to get into the playoffs. So I watched it with my family. They made it to the playoffs. So then my brother starts texting me. He goes, uh, "So you're coming up for the, the playoff game, right? Because you know." All, all the superstitions and everything. I'm like, oh, yeah, okay, oh, cool. That makes sense. I'll come up for the playoff game. So they won. I ended up coming up for to Milwaukee for every single game in order wow. to watch it at my parents' house in the exact same location, and it all went down. So you know, obviously, I was part of the Super Bowl championship. Uh, all of you, all yeah. of you. Our dedicate, my dedication. Yes. So. Um, well, I think that, that that's about all we have. Um, not not a whole lot of big news going on on a Wednesday night slash Thursday morning for us, but 
Oh, I, I did. I do want to mention one other thing before we get going. Last uh, last session that I had with Dusty, I forgot to mention this because I wanted to to pump up Dusty for his new gig. So please tell us exactly what you are doing now uh, for your writing <laughs> services. It's it's really funny because um, I I accepted a position at Cheesehead TV uh, about a month ago, which is awesome. Woo! I'm super hyped about it. Um, you know, obviously Cheesehead is such a such a huge deal in the Packers community. And I've been writing about the Packers for five plus years now for three to four different sites, kind of bouncing around. And, and Cheesehead's such a big deal. And so I mean, that's such a that's that's amazing. I'm so pumped. Um, but it's the off season, so I've not, not written a single thing for them. I've written more about non-Packers than I have about Packers at this point. So I'm excited about Cheesehead TV. I've not, I've not touched the site to actually write anything yet, but, uh, I will. What are you going to be doing during the season? During the season, um, I do, uh, passing concept film breakdowns after the game. Um, so like, I think Wednesdays, those are going up Wednesday nights kind of looking at what was done. And so I kind of started doing that this past year, uh, which was just amazing. And so I'm hoping to right now, I'm kind of doing that for playoff teams. So I've got my own site set up. I'm doing that for, uh, well now Rams Patriots that I'm working on this week. And then, yeah, in the off season, I've got some, some different ideas for film projects. I'll be posting up there, but, uh, yeah, super, super excited about it. It's, uh, and Sarah, you were there as well. Yes, I mistaken. am. So this this is... past year was my first year and it was a ton of fun. So I'm sure you will, fit right in as with all of us Packer fans and the community is very, it's very welcoming. So. <laughs> well, I've known, uh, I've known Andy for forever and I've known, uh, you know, Zach Jacobson for a while and uh, Corey Jenner, John, like I've, I've, I've kind of known and talked to those guys for a while. And so kind of being among them is, is, is pretty amazing. So I'm, I'm just absolutely thrilled to be there. So all we need to do is get me on Cheesehead TV, and then it'll be a try. I'll try oh, Steve, your audio is breaking up. What's going? What's up? <laughs> <laughs> That's great. That's great. So I'll be asking all the questions to Sarah from now on, as everybody can gather. All right. Well, well, uh, ladies and gentlemen, it was a very fun first episode for all of us together. Um, Everybody listening, I hope you guys enjoyed it. Uh, we'll be back again in two weeks, but there'll be another Pack-A-Day podcast tomorrow. Um, for everybody listening, Sarah, do you want to throw out your Twitter handle? Dusty, you can throw out yours too. Yeah, my Twitter handle is Sarah, S-A-R-A-H, and then Kelleher, K-E-L-L-I-H-E-R-4. So I'll be tweeting a lot of stuff about Packers, UCF, anything sports-related is all over it. And I am at uh, I'm at Dusty Evely, and I've got a second one where I do all 22 talks. So if you don't want to hear about my kids and other random things, and you only want football things, you can just do the all 22 talk, and I will not be offended. So on that one right now, I'm just going through uh, did Rams passing concepts. I'm doing Patriots one for the Super Bowl as well. So they are both both worth a follow. Believe me, Dusty oh, and his children are adorable. Not as cute as my kids, but you know, it's a lie. Is. That's Nobody a lie, is. Steve. No. It's a lie. Are we gonna? I don't think. We're on before the Super Bowl, so what are your guys' quick predictions here? Look at the newbie jumping in with questions. I like it. Hey, you got mad at me for doing that, Steve, so, you know, back off, buddy. Back off. Uh, <laughs> I've been I, – so I've been following the Rams and their passing thing for the past two years, and so I kind of – I've become a de facto – Rams have been my second team. Um, and so I, I, I'm partly biased because I've watched a lot of them. But I really like what they bring to the table. I really like how they match up with the Patriots. I, I'm going Rams. I think it's going to be a close one. I think both these guys, um, McVay's not on Belichick's level. 
obviously. But both these guys play smart to the matchups. Um, they both do things that kind of um, <laughs> say do things that make sense in terms of winning the game, which which should be countered or countered. It should be it should be standard practice, and it's, it's kind of not all the time. Um, so I think they both play matchups well, and I think uh, that the Rams have the horses to do it. So I'm going to go Rams. Um, I'm going to go 27-24. Uh, I think it's coming out of the wire. All right. Um, I'm going to go with my bold prediction of taking the Patriots. Um, however, my bold prediction is that after they win the game, Tom Brady and Rob Gronkowski are both going to retire. Yeah. And wow. it's just going to make it's going to make me very happy. Um, <laughs> I'm just t- I'm tired of them winning all the time. It's <laughs> The narrative is it's all the same. And I mean, don't get me wrong, it's an unbelievably impressive yeah. run. Like the when when people look back at the NFL in thirty years, they're gonna look at what these this these two did together and like, oh my God, they went to the they went to the AFC championship eight times nine times in a row? What the hell? Like what is wrong? Yeah. How did that happen? But um, yeah, so I'm hoping uh, that's my thought is they'll win they'll win by about six. I'll go like I don't know. 31, 24, 25, somewhere in there. Um, and yeah, I'm hoping that there will be a retirement announcement after the game. So you're going, you're going low and then high. So you've got the low of the Patriots win the Super Bowl, then like an immediate high of the retirement. Yeah, because I mean, I, cool. at this point, I don't even care anymore. Like it doesn't matter to me if either team wins. That that's the Packers aren't winning. So if the Patriots win and that induces. Tom Brady and Gronkowski to retire. Eh, I, I'll take that one for the team. Sarah, who you got? I unfortunately think I have to go with the Patriots too. As much as like Steve was saying, I just like as much as I don't like it, I have to respect it at the same time. So um, I think it's going to be close though. I'm gonna I'm gonna go with like thirty to twenty seven, something real close. But it should be interesting. I mean, every single year. It's almost like it's predictable now because it's just like, oh, you know, this is the year they're not the Patriots aren't going to be as good. Brady's washed up is what everyone says, and then it's like the last few weeks of the season they just come and it seems like they peak at the right time every year. And I think Brady posted those videos that said like, "Still here, still here," and I'm like, "Yeah, we know you've been here like the last three years." So um, it's just interesting, and I mean, like I said, this hard as it is to watch it sometimes you do have to respect what you are watching so i think that he'll win and i don't know if he retires or not but we'll see yeah i mean you gotta give him you gotta give the patriots credit because they're coming and saying like oh nobody believes in us nobody like they are creating their own narrative of like chip on the shoulder when everybody knows that they're going to go to the AFC championship. It's super everybody. annoying, Steve. It's not oh funny. God. It makes me want to punch up all of them. Every single yeah. one of them. That's I always feel like I have a couple friends that are Patriots fans and I'm like, you guys aren't real sports fans. Like you've never <laughs> suffered considerably like everybody else has when their team's bad. And they're just like, well, cause we're so used to winning. And I'm like, no, no, oh, everybody, everybody from Boston can go to hell. They have to go to hell. <laughs> that they is true. Hell. So many sports championships between the Red Sox, between the Celtics, between the Bruins, between the Patriots. Like, they, uh, there's so many. Like, all those kids that have grown up since, they, like, probably Sarah's age. Yeah, that's uh, what I'm saying. I'm like, you all, people have they, never experienced what it's like. Like <laughs> So many championships between so many different sports. And we're sitting here with two NFL championships in the last, since 96. No World <laughs> Series for the Brewers. 
no yeah, I, NBA championships. Like, I got nothing. I got none for the Tigers either, so uh, you can feel bad for me as well. <laughs> nah, Detroit sucks. Sorry, dude. They, you the, no, they, the they absolutely Wings. do. You have the Red Wings. Yeah, I know. They're terrible now, too. I've got nothing now, Steve. Everything's <laughs> sad in my life. Except my children, who I love. There you go. There you go. So we'll end on a positive note. <laughs> Dustin's life is empty except for his children. <laughs> nailed it. You nailed it. That's what I was going for, Steve. I mean, Thank that's you, brother. Perfect, that's the perfect way to end. <laughs> <laughs> All right. For Dusty and Sarah, I am Steve. We'll catch you guys back in a couple of weeks. Uh, and as always, go Pack Go! From the 16 of New York, first down, goal to go. Rodgers in the shotgun, Williams to his left, here's the snap. Rodgers clean pocket, throws the middle of the end. And a dagger! They beat Morris Playboard! Snap to Wild. Oh, yes! And taken by Jackson in the end zone for a touchdown! Geronimo Allison! Allison. Josh Jackson, the rookie, recovers in the end zone in a Lambeau lead to the north end zone stand. The Packers have a 6-0 lead. Pepper on third down and three in the shotgun. Packers showing a blitz, and here they come. Beathard looking, hit as he throws it, deep down the right sideline, and intercepted on the play. Spectacular interception by Kevin King at the nine-yard line of Green Bay. Snap to Rodgers, looking right. Throws the right side, Steve Brown makes the catch, and Oh, he reached back to gather it in, using all 6'5 of his frame. Tumbled out of bounds, inside the 30 of the 28-yard line. Hunter Bradley the snap, J.K. Scott down on one knee, arm extended, here it is, placement made, kick is up, it is good, it is good, Mason Crosby delivers the dagger, one week after his worst day ever, he delivers the dagger tonight, third and five, 13 yard line of Atlanta, snap, Ryan, looks right, goes right down, intercepted, to the house, Bishop Breland, touchdown, Green Bay Packers, 19-yard interception return, and it's 16-7, Packers. Rodgers looks it over, takes the snap, blitz on, they pick it up, lofting out, they got him, they got him. Single back offense behind Aaron Rodgers. He ducks it under center. From the 29 of Green Bay, and here is the handoff up the middle. Big hole, straight ahead. It is Aaron Jones. Off to the races. To the 20, to the 15, to the 10. Down the left sideline, and he's out of bounds. Inside the 10 of the 5-yard line of Miami. Aaron Jones with a burst. 67 yards. 